Hey everybody, it's Dr. Sophie. Welcome back to our weekly podcast. This week we have a really great topic, but last week we talked about, honestly, another great topic, and I think they're all really great. That's why we pick them. But uh, last week's podcast was about uh, online boundaries, and, and that is a really deep topic. It doesn't sound like it's a whole lot, or it may not give you the idea of like, well, what does that really mean? But I'm telling you, if you're a parent, and also really for yourself, it's kind of online etiquette, online ways to send messages to people, not send messages to people, and the appropriate boundaries to keep so that we're not having the internet intrude on us and allowing people to almost stalk us when we don't want it to happen and ways to prevent and keep everyone safe. So take a listen. Really great things for parents as well to keep children safe and give them the appropriate ways to handle themselves on the internet, social media, all that kind of stuff. Much, much more. Take a listen. They're all really great. All of my podcasts are on my website at www.drsophie.com or on my iTunes app which is free. Download it. They're all there. Help yourself. This week, however, we are talking about a very interesting topic called envy, the word envy. A lot of people use it, but I'm not sure if they really understand what it means. So we're going to be talking to a great expert today, understanding fully what is envy. We're going to talk about it. What is it? Why do we even experience it? Does it have any impact on us once we're connected to a social media kind of outlet? Does it make people more envious? Does it make people less envious? Is more information and the accessibility to all that information make you less envious? You know, those are the kinds of things we want to know about. How do we develop strategies really for dealing with our envy issues? Because as we all know, they can easily get in the way. Give me a call, 1-855-SOPHIE-NOW or 1-855-767-4966. We have with us today talking about envy, Thomas Plant, PhD, or Dr. Thomas Plant. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Thank you for your time and expertise. You're very welcome. Happy to be with you. How are you? What's going on? Where are you? In California? Well, yeah. yeah. I'm a professor of psychology at Santa Clara University um, here in uh, Northern California. Did it snow there yet or it doesn't snow? Oh, no, no, no. Uh, no snow, j just palm trees. <laughs> oh, good, because we don't go past. When you live in L.A., you don't go really much higher because <laughs> you're afraid it'll get above 80. So tell me, what do you do? As far okay. as NBA, I am a uh, psychology professor here at the university where I teach undergraduate psychology students, uh, um, and I also teach, I'm an adjunct professor in psychiatry and behavioral medicine at um, Stanford University, and I have a, a, a one-day-a-week private practice, uh, and so I'm a clinical psychologist, and uh, I, I think you connected to me because I do a weekly blog for Psychology Today magazine, and I had done one uh, recently on the theme of envy. Very nice. That's probably why. So tell me, what is envy? Well, in a nutshell, it's uh, you've got something that I want. Ah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's it in a nutshell, uh, uh, is that desire, that drive to, uh, to, to have what somebody else uh, ha you know, has, and I, I, I don't have it, or I don't have as much of it as you do, and I'd, I'd like yours. So I, I think in a nutshell, that's kind of an easy way to think about it. Somebody's got something that um, I, I'd like or I want. And does it have to be... Like, is it a material good? Could it be a bodily kind of thing, like a physical feature? I mean, is it anything? 
Oh, sure. I mean, it could be material goods like, you know, fancy homes and cars and uh, things like that. It could be uh, physical beauty or athletic ability or intellectual ability. Uh, or it could be personality. Uh, um, uh, you know, somebody has a style or a personality that uh, that's envious, so they like to be like that person. Um, or it could be um, other qualities, uh, um, a, a peace uh, or a solace or a quietness that other people have that you you don't have. So uh, it could be um, something that's uh, biological, psychological, social. Uh, it could be material or immaterial. Uh, it, it could be a variety of different things for a variety of different people. So, like, is it okay to have it, or are we pathetic and we don't have anything, and that's why we want what other people have? <laughs> Uh, well, you know, it seems to me that we all have it. We all—it's just a question of, you know, how severe is the diagnosis? <laughs> mm. You know, we all have an element of, wow, that's really great. I'd like to have that, or wow, I, um, I, I don't have X, and I really want Y, yeah. um, uh, or, 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 geez, you know, I can't help but feel that I wish I had that such situation or that good fortune or that uh, whatever. And in a lot of ways, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It kind of makes sense that we would have, yeah. have these kind of qualities. And in fact, in some respects, it can help motivate us for good. So, for example, my son is a high school senior uh, cross-country runner and track runner, and yesterday he had a big track meet, and uh, he did well in this track meet, but ah. he didn't reach his goal, uh, which is the school record that so-and-so, you know, has, and yeah. he wants to, he wants that school record, and so it helps to motivate him for upcoming uh, uh, meets. Yeah, absolutely. It could be motivating. Yeah, so that, that's fine. I think the problem is is when it turns destructive or it turns like that um, uh, dangerous or, or, or in a way where you're trying to sabotage other people or you're trying to badmouth other people or you're trying to uh, diminish others because uh, you want to bring them down or, or you want to um, steal or something like that what they've got. Uh, now that we've got a problem here. So it seems like everybody has a certain degree of envy, which isn't necessarily necessarily a bad thing. No, but why, why do some of us have more than others? Well, I think part of it is a byproduct of how secure we are in what we got. So um, you may, uh, you know, uh, feel envious towards um, others who have more than you have, but you're pretty happy with what you've got. So, you know, it's a fleeting thing. Yeah. You say, wow, that's a really nice car. I wish I had that car. Or, wow, that's a really nice house. I wish I had that feature in my house or what have you. But for the most part, as long as you're satisfied or you're at some peace with who you are and what you got, um, it's probably not going to destroy you or really right. destructive. I understand it's that. So you're saying that really the more solid we are with ourselves and settled and connected, the less the intensity of an envy and the, and the less lasting and impactful it is. Yeah, I think that's true. You know, I think that if the more at peace we are with who we are and what we're about and what we got, uh, the less likely that envy is going to um, uh, be destructive, um, be all-consuming, be obsessive, something like that. And is there, like, I'm sure many people listening are saying, well, is it the same as jealousy then? Is well, it? there are uh, uh, there there is an overlapping Venn diagrams, and and for the most part, a lot of people use envy and jealousy kind of in the same way. Yeah. Um, uh, so 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 that maybe that, that so uh, so they're more similar than different for sure. 
Okay, so like, are they originating from the same place, same kind of conflict, not being happy with yourself or at peace with yourself or your things? Yeah, I mean, I think that is true. I, th I think in a nutshell, that is true, that uh, it does come from that place of not being quite satisfied. Not so, being quite at peace. You're not born uh, with it. And the, and the more we are satisfied and at peace, the less we will still likely have jealousy and envy, but it'll be sort of more fleeting. It'll be more likely to, uh, you know, not really um, stick to us yeah. quite the same way. So is it genetic at all? Well, there is a genetic or biological underpinning, which makes total sense in the sense from an evolutionary point of view. And those who are from the evolutionary psychology perspective would say, well, sure, you know, you, um, we are kind of geared to want to su survive and uh, we want uh, to make sure that our supplies are um, uh, adequate. And if somebody has a herd of cattle or somebody has a, a, a supplies or what have you that are better than ours, um, for our own survival, we might want a piece of that action and, and we might uh, uh, attend to it and try to get some. Right, and stealing it is never good. Um, oh, well, you know, stealing is, is, is I guess, you know, and it depends on your approach to moral philosophy. Right. Or ethics, but but uh, for the most part, uh, we generally think that stealing is not such a good thing, although uh, you can imagine somebody could be in a situation where they're starving to death or their family is starving to death and they have no food and they have no out, uh, other option other than to, you know, steal from uh, from a, uh, a dumpster or from whatever yeah. and uh, or a restaurant, and, and one could make a moral argument that that that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, you're going to probably get a lot of business from this for court now, getting people <laughs> off. <laughs> I, I want to read you an email from uh, George from Greensboro. He says, I am a single parent of a five-year-old girl. My daughter doesn't yet understand why I can't afford to buy her expensive things like some of the other girls in her class. She has gotten into some trouble at school for being mean and even stealing. How can I reason with her and help her not to be envious of what others have? Mm. What a great question George yeah. uh, has there. It's a, it's a ter terrific question, and, and it brings up so many important issues. You know, we live in a culture, as you know, where you get to see the lives of the rich and famous. Right. <laughs> not, not, just, you know, not just on the Internet or social media or television and so forth, but you also kind of see what kind of community you're in. Exactly. And if, exactly. And if George is a single dad uh, trying to make ends meet, and some of his daughter's uh, peers are in a better situation, so they've got you know this nice thing and that nice thing uh, that's going to create envy, envy and jealousy and hey why can't I be like other kids and uh, that's a process he, George mentions his daughter's only five and yeah. so it's going to take some time to kind of try to develop that understanding that you know uh, even though we uh, may not have as many financial resources as some of your peers that doesn't mean that uh, you know you're any worse or right. that uh, you're a, a different you know a less of a human being or anything like that and it's a kind of an ongoing process and I think part of the thing is that we have to teach our kids to focus as much as we can not on material possessions and but you know who are we as a right, person? right 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 you know so what kind of person are you and how do you want to be in the world right and um, and if you um, develop esteem through stuff uh, you're, you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, I think so. And I think the way that he goes about it, the process you're describing is what's going to make it easier for somebody to be at peace with themselves and her to learn how to soothe herself with her inner qualities and how 
her strengths are and all that stuff because like you said things are fleeting and then she's going to want things from others to feel better too and that's where comparisons start and envy right so we, we have to be very mindful of what we call social comparison theory yes we have upward and downward comparisons Mm -hmm. and that when we're around people who are a lot more uh, wealthy than us or or smarter than us or richer than us uh, or uh, or, uh, talented than us, we're going to feel pretty lousy. Uh, And uh, when we're around people who have less than us, we tend to feel pretty good. And so we have to be highly mindful of that because we're always engaged in these social comparisons, both upward and downward. And there's always going to have some people out there who's going to have more stuff or more qualities. Or, or better qualities than you do, and uh, and folks out there with less. So so yeah, we have to always. put our steam in that. Right, and and the bottom line is the more solid you are within yourself, which is really good taught well at parenting early on, the less that comparison is going to weigh heavy on you. Yeah, I think that's true. And the more that we can model that with our kids too, you know, if we can model that, you know, that we're that working on our own, you know, sense of self, and that you know what we value are things that maybe don't cost money. You know, we value right. things like right. being a good human being, right. or being compassionate, or being kind, or being um, uh, thoughtful, or working hard, or or whatever. Yeah. But and these are things that don't necessarily have anything to do with money. Exactly, because you can't buy those things. Right. Let's take a voicemail. Hi, Dr. Sophie. It's Neil from Phoenix. Um, I had a question for you. Um, I've been dating a new, uh, a new girl for a few months now, and things are going great. Um, one thing that I've kind of picked up on in the early stages here is that she seems to be a bit, a bit envious uh, towards others, um, you know, like material things, be it a, someone else's like a nice car or a handbag, something like that. Um, I was just wondering if um, this sort of envy could be a sign of worse things to come down the road. Um, glad to get your thoughts. Thanks. Yeah, you know that's so interesting because I'm a big person to teach patients or people I work with. Like, check who you're dating, look at who their parents are, you know, red flags, all kinds of stuff. And right. I, what do you think about this? Right. I, I agree with you. I always joke with my students that before they uh, get serious with a boyfriend or a girlfriend, they should take them to Las Vegas. Um, right, because exactly. It, because it, it tests people's um, uh, character and it tests uh, people's impulse control in all sorts of different ways. And so these are very uh, uh, important things to be looking at. And that is concerning. Your, your caller uh, sounds like, you know, he's kind of concerned that the, the fact that his uh, new girlfriend is looking around at other people's stuff or what have you appears envious and jealous. And that may not be um, a good reflection on, you know, uh, her own self-esteem and things like that. So, that, you know, that is a concern. And I would hope that your caller uh, would um, try to have a conversation with his girlfriend uh, in, in a non accusatory way, but to say, hey, I can't help but you notice, you know, other people's cars or stuff or whatever. Uh, let's, can we talk about that? You know, what, yeah. what, is that, what is that about for you? And, uh, and to try to determine whether or not this is going to be a problem uh, in the relationship as it unfolds or uh, whether it, uh, you know, maybe it's just observations. Right. Uh, so, yeah. So. Because the issue is, you know, some people won't even do what our caller just did and just jump into that and they'll be trying to make her or him happy buying things and that's a treadmill you'll never get off of. 
That's right. I think that's really such an important point because there's always going to be people out there, or there's always going to be stuff out there that that people are going to want, and uh, it's so critical to uh, not get, as you say, on that treadmill because that treadmill just doesn't stop. No, it stops in a divorce court. (laughs) Right. I see it all the time. Yeah. All right. Um, So tell me a little bit. What is the the connection, the relationship, if any, between like social media and envy? I mean, a lot of times I'm seeing people or hearing from people that are stirred up because boyfriend, girlfriend, friend, whatever, did something on social media, or they're hearing or seeing somebody that they know or want to be like somewhere, and they're on a mission to get that same dress and knowing they can't afford all that stuff. I mean, does it help? Does it hurt? Yeah, this is a great, fabulous question, and it's also something that's you know so new. And because you know, social media, of course, hasn't expl- has exploded in more recent years. So, so while research is still you know uh, you're working on this I- uh, issue, of course, it takes some time to get good re- research data that's longitudinal. But uh, at least preliminary research seems to suggest that yes, indeed, you know, social media is really contributing to this in a big way because everybody on a daily basis is checking Facebook and right. they're seeing what all their friends and family and acquaintances are up to. And people, for the most part, are posting things that make them look good mm-hmm. that try to say, hey, I'm happy, right. healthy, uh, having fun, uh, uh, and so forth. And so people are seeing a part of people that is their best self. Right. So there's going to be inevitably uh, many upward social comparisons. Here I am on my great vacation. Here's, uh, here I am in my beautiful attire. You know, Here I am with my great friends or whatever. And inevitably, some of the research is saying, that you know that's making people depressed <laughs> yeah because you're looking at that so and you're feeling lesser have to be thoughtful about the use of social social media I know it's just part of uh, our our culture now uh, and it's hard to uh, for people to just shut it off right but, but they need to monitor their emotional reactions to this stuff and try to remind themselves that um, that uh, uh, there's a certain vulnerability that they're going to experience by looking uh, at the lives of uh, every everyone around yeah I mean I agree I also think think that you talked earlier about social comparison theory. I mean, does that feed into that then? Because you feel lesser than or you feel like you want to be like or how does that intertwine there? Yeah, it certainly does because what it's bombarding you with is upward social comparisons. Uh, so, so basically, when you're looking at Facebook, since people are um, are 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 choosing to post things that put them generally in a highly favorable light, uh, that is bombarding you with these um, kind of false upward comparisons. So, so in other words, people may be struggling just like you, maybe depressed just like you, or maybe uh, have some challenges in their life just like you but they're not posting it on facebook yeah well, you know <laughs> and you don't know that necessarily you just see the good stuff exactly but you know interestingly enough today on the today show um tori spelling had a tweet that went out showing that she and saying that she is not living the life she used to live when she was in her 20s spending and going to different places all over beverly hills now she's using hand-me-downs and wearing all kinds of stuff and being a regular American family with children and a husband. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was a really interesting way to go because she went in that whole social comparison downward place to, um, you know, be honest. And I think it really did a lot for people. I think people felt, wow, like maybe we're on an equal plane. So I think it works in both ways. 
Right, and I think that if I didn't see that interview, but I, um, but I, uh, I think you're right that if people, if more and more people could kind of do that in one way or another, to, uh, I think that becomes very, very important. It reminds me of a quote by Cindy Crawford, you know, the famous right. model and so forth, who once said, um, I, I thought it was quite funny. She said, "Hey, look, you know, I, um, I don't even look like Cindy Crawford." Right, exactly. <laughs> and uh, and and um, and so I think it, you're right. It, it is important important to try to, and it would be gracious of people like Tori Spelling or Cindy Crawford or other people like that to say, hey, hold it out there. You know, I might have a glamorous looking life on the surface, but, you know, I'm a person just like anybody else who is struggling with issues or what have you. And uh, I think that could do a great deal for uh, 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 for the population's yeah, uh, envy uh, issues. Right. All right. I want to read you an email. Fran from Boston is asking us, is envy always a bad thing? Can it motivate us to work harder and strive to be better? I'm envious of a friend who just graduated and got a job at Bain Capital, mostly of her starting salary I'm really jealous of. So am I taking a few difficult finance classes and studying harder than I ever have based on the fact that that's motivating to me? It's similar to like your son has a goal, I think. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think uh, Fran's absolutely, you know, right uh, that it can not necessarily be a bad thing. It can be a, ch- a way to channel your energies to achieve a goal. And I often say with my, you know, son. So, for example, uh, you know, even with say with running, uh, I'll say that success is the best revenge. And uh, or you know, uh, maybe uh, uh, when he was a freshman, some of the senior kids didn't treat him very well, and uh, and uh, so now he wants to beat their their um, records. Right. Uh, uh, or, or, or you feel like uh, somebody disses you, or something like that, or somebody has something that you really want. And you say, well, you know, I'm, I'm gonna. Uh, that's gonna motivate me to do better. So I think whenever we have these uh, feelings of envy and so forth, we might want to say, you know, can I channel this into something good yeah. or something bad? Absolutely. And how do you do that? Like, how do we teach people to channel it and not get so immersed by it that they then go down the bad path? Yeah, and I, that's a great question, and there's no simple answer. But I think we have to ch- say to ourselves, look, can I um, uh, uh, cope in a active way versus passive, productive versus unproductive, health-promoting versus health-damaging? Um, I can remember once asking a college pro- uh, a professor when I was in college uh, to write a letter of recommendation. He said I wasn't smart enough for a Ph.D. Great. Well, that's all I needed to hear. That's right, and there you are today. Look at you. <laughs> And, and so I think we have to always filter our impulses through, okay, I feel this way. There's nothing wrong with feeling this way, but what do I do with it? And can I channel it in a productive, ethical, um, uh, health-promoting kind of way versus a damaging and destructive way? Got it. Okay, I want you to hear another voicemail. Hold on. Hi, Dr. Sophie. This is Kate from New York. Uh, I was wondering about jealousy. I have a tendency to get angry and let it uh, stew and then blow up because I haven't let it out. And I was wondering if there's the same danger with jealousy and if it can kind of fester in the same way and if it might be healthy to, on a very small scale, indulge my envy sometimes to make sure that it doesn't build up like anger can. Um, thanks very much. That's a, gr- that's a great question. I mean, what do you think? 
Yeah, Kate's got a great question, and she speaks of you know the anger, and she said the, used the word stewing, and and the resentment that's going to emerge from this, and this is really important because we know that the research is very clear about the sort of the toxic effects of anger and bitterness and so forth, and that's not only damaging for our mental health and relationships, but it's also damaging for our cardiovascular health as well. So it's really important to try to channel that anger in a productive, positive direction. Um, anger and resentment and stewing and festering is toxic. Um, and so easier said than done for sure. Yeah. But one has to try to find ways to kind of let that stuff go as much as you can, uh, let it go and, uh, and push it aside and, uh, and, and be more um, productive with those uh, feelings. Uh, right. I mean, they're the coping skills you're talking about as far as, you know, health promoting, not damaging, and right. looking at those things. And those things can be learned in many different ways. I think any kind of, you know, some therapy, some behavioral therapy, understanding yourself better. And I think just, you know, simple things like I tell people all the time, just go volunteer somewhere. And the act of giving and, and getting something back from somebody, like a smile when you hand them something and they haven't eaten in all, you know, a week or two or whatever, is huge to bring you empathy and sympathy, which then helps you kind of navigate envious feelings when you get them because it's a, it gives you a bigger paradigm and perspective to put your life in then. That's such a great point. I'm really glad you brought that up because, you know, we do know that the research says that volunteerism actually not only is so good for your mental health and relational health and all of that, but it's even um, um, good for your physical health. And uh, volunteers uh, doing two hours, just two hours a week over time have a, a, a lower mortality rate, according to uh, several studies, that's consistent with people who, who are smokers stop smoking. Um, so um, the, the effect of, of smoking cessation, that, that improvement in mortality rate um, is similar to uh, um, volunteering two hours a week, and particularly is important for people who are older, you know, middle-aged to elderly. Um, and so you're right, uh, letting it go in a variety of different ways, um, volunteerism and things like that helps you uh, to kind of um, reset the, uh, the button there and uh, to uh, right. put somebody else's needs ahead of your own, you get you less self-focused, uh, and uh, it also helps with the social comparison because you realize that not everybody is. If all you do is watch people like uh, the Kardashians or something, uh, you feel like, wow, they've got a lot of resources. Uh, but when you when you work at a homeless shelter, you realize, you know, not not everybody in L.A. or wherever is like uh, that. lives like the Kardashians. Exactly. And also, not everybody is as bad off as I am, and it makes you realize you're not that bad off. Right. That's so true. So that helps with the downward comparison. So right. you realize, geez, I, we've did a, we did a study where, uh, where students go off to these um, alternative spring breaks uh, to places like Tijuana or Salvador or uh, in a variety of other, both domestic and foreign places. They come back not only more compassionate, but curiously, they come back as um, coping better with stress over time, even with three-month, uh, six-month follow-up. Uh, they tend to be uh, more stress-resilient uh, after these experiences because some of the daily hassles and things that trouble them um, uh, seem less important uh, once you are um, uh, engaged with people who are more poor and marginalized. Totally agree. Tell me something. What is attribution, ther uh, attribution theory? Okay. Basically, attribution theory is a social psychological theory that basically says when things happen to us, we're trying to make some attribution about uh, why did this thing happen. Uh, uh, and so, for example, 
Attribution theory will the the typical kind of classic example of a of an attrib um, of the self-serving bias of attribution theory is that you know if something good happens to us let's say I do well on a test it's because I'm smart but if something bad happens to me like I do bad on a test it's because it was a bad test or the professor was stupid or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's never you. Never you. And the right. classic example is when you're driving, we've all had the experience driving around in a car where somebody does something kind of uh, dumb on the road. Right. And uh, so um, if, if, if the other person, a stranger, is doing something dumb on the road, our attribution is they're a jerk or they're right. a driver. But if we do the exact same behavior, it's because, oh, I was distracted. I'm not from around this area. I couldn't <laughs> find the uh, cutoff. Uh, oh, I was, uh, I, I, I was changing the, uh, the CD in my uh, radio or something like that. So, so it's a, it's a, it's a, we attribute um, uh, good things to our own efforts and we tr tr often attribute bad things to uh, you know, other people. And, and how does that kind of dovetail into envy or connected en envy at all? Well, it does in the sense that um, for a lot of folk, they may say, Oh, um, they they are uh, uh, wealthy because they uh, let's say uh, um, it was uh, just given to them. Right, you know, so, they inherited you know, that money. So, so in some respects, they, they were born on third base. You know, um, it was just handed off to them. And sometimes that can make us feel better because we say, well, what I have, I, I had to really earn. I mean, everything I have, I earned, and it was just kind of handed off to me. Right. Um, and so that that can actually help in pe uh, uh, people's envy in the sense that they can say, well, you know, I'm born from this kind of community or culture, and I'm proud that I have what I have, um, whereas so-and-so just was handed it. Uh, or, or now, on the other hand, it can also work against you because you might say um, with envy that, oh, um, uh, I'll never be able to achieve um, uh, uh, what so-and-so achieved because uh, they really did it on their own merits, and I just don't have that kind of skill, so I might as well give up now or something like that. Ah, uh, got it. So, yeah, it's really important to stay aware of these kinds of things because they can either take you up or down. But I think the bottom line is everybody has these feelings on some level, and the way you cope with them and transition them is the key. And I think the earlier parents start with their children, the better with role modeling and showing them in their own life. Yeah, I think you're you're dead. You know, it's just spot on there. Uh, that's exactly it. Uh, so we all have these feelings. Uh, it's just what do we do with it? Can we behave uh, in a productive way with these feelings? And it's never too early to start working on this uh, with young kids and so forth. And uh, and you know. Um, Parents might buy, be attentive to this because you know we live in a world and a culture oh, yeah. where uh, the, uh, where you know everything you see on TV and movies and 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 so and uh, social media is uh, basically trying to get you to in some respects be envious so you go out and buy more right, stuff. Right, right. <laughs> Everything's bigger and better. So, right. Dr. Thomas Plant, PhD, you made it. Whoever said that you wouldn't, you are. <laughs> Tell us where we can find your book and a little bit more about your work and where we can kind of reach to you if we have any questions. All right. Well, uh, probably the easiest way is uh, through my Santa Clara University website, which is uh, www.scu.edu forward slash T plant. Uh, or if they just Google my name, Thomas Plant, uh, it'll pop right up. And my email is there and uh, a link to uh, my Psychology Today um, blog, which sometimes uh, offers topics like this. Um, and so there's a list of books and articles and all that stuff, too. But uh, probably the Santa Clara University website is the way to go. We got it. Thank you so much for your great information. You're very welcome. Thank you for inviting me. Have great, a great day. Great experience.
experience. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Wow. So we learned a lot about envy, and we learned a lot about jealousy and how they dovetail and really different ways to handle it because guess what? We all got it. But I think it's important for you to leave today understanding what actually is envy. And simply put by our expert, you have something that I want. And basically it's a desire or it is a want to have something that others have, whether it's a physical attribute, a spiritual attribute, and an ability, physical, sports, intellectual ability, but it's something others have that you desire or that you want, and it's all a normal, appropriate feeling. Don't like that word normal, but it's all expected, and it's no big deal, but it does become a big deal when it becomes destructive, which is also something very important to learn and understand. And it becomes destructive when it overtakes us and we start to think about ways to sabotage others or diminish others or put them down. So beware when your envy is rising, you need to do something because otherwise it becomes like a wave over you and that's when it becomes a huge problem. The other thing that's very important is it, it kind of is second cousins to jealousy and it's very detrimental to our physical health as well because we all know that when people are jealous and it translates into the physical pieces of us from our blood pressure to our hearts to our cholesterols to the way that we motivate ourselves and our mental health so looking at all of those things because there is a physical manifestation to it and at the end of the day we all have to cope through it because we all have envy and we all have jealousy and you know what we're supposed to and the ways to look at that and cope are really through healthy ways to take that envy or that jealousy and channel it and channel it into something productive for ourselves to be able to make sure that it is something almost motivating that it's like a goal that we're working toward instead of something that has then put a huge wall in front of us and we can't move forward so really seeing it as a positive experience and a way to grow and almost a measure stick that is in front of you is better and much more healthy and much more growth promoting for you than a wall that I'll never get over. So there are many ways to look at it, but the best way is to deal with it because otherwise it will add up. All right, you guys, thank you for listening. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. Follow me. Look for me. Visit iTunes. Download the full version of Andy Grammer's. Keep your head up. Find me on www.drsophie.com. Download my free iTunes phone app. All the information is there. But no matter what you do, the most important thing you will ever do is remembering to sweep. But you got to keep your head up. Oh, and you can let your head down. Hey, you got to keep your head up. Oh, and you can let your head down.